Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm excited to have you along with us for this training on the five things women's ministry leaders must teach women today. Our guest today is Gay Linford. She's president of the National Speakers Association, Minnesota's chapter. She's the author of several books, God, Girlfriends, and Chocolate, as well as Find a Job, the little book for big success, and a contributing author to Don't Miss Your Boat, Living Your Life with Purpose in the Real World. She's here today to share with us about the five things WMs must teach women. And during this hour, you're going to really get a good feel for how to communicate to your girls the importance of understanding that each of us is significant, that every life matters, number two, that every person has a purpose in life that no one else can fill except for that woman, number three, that there are daily choices that are determining the richest of our lives, number four, that it's possible to enjoy our jobs, whatever they are, and number five, that priorities matter, faith, family, and friends. Welcome to you, Gay. Thank you, Marnie. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to get to share this hour with you. And maybe before we begin, maybe you can just share a little bit of your heart for women's ministry. Like what what have you what have you personally been involved in in women's ministry and why do you have a passion to help women's ministry leaders teach these five things to gals? Sure. Well, I think I think women are consistently and trying so hard to find out how they fit in in life. We have so many roles that we play. There are so many labels that we put on ourselves. And, boy, we're just all searching to find how do I make sure that my life counts. And that's where I think our churches, our women's groups, our our circle of girlfriends can make such a difference in helping each of us find our way there. So I've been involved with in church for my whole life, and my heart especially goes out to women who are trying to live a faith-filled and a fun-filled life in a world that really demands so much. Mm, I love that, and I think that women's ministry leaders everywhere can relate to the fact that gals are busier than they've ever been. They have more pressure and stress on them than they ever have before, and they really have to make decisions about whether they're going to go to WM now. It, it used to be that gals would come up just, they'd come out just for a sense of um, obligation more, that this is what I do every second right. Tuesday of the month or whatever. And now if you, don't, if you don't really meet a felt need in her life, she really can't come. And, and uh, that's, that's, a huge, that's a huge difference than the way it used to be in WMs. But what's beautiful is that we really can be reaching the needs of these women, so they really do have needs. So as we go through this, let's go ahead and just start with the first thing that every woman needs to know. And I'm just going to let you speak to this a bit here, but it's that you are significant and your life matters. Thank you. Yes, um, several years ago or about 10 years ago, I realized for my own life that I was churning inside about something that just wasn't settled, and I realized it was my churning was coming from a place of I don't really know where I fit in and all these roles that I mentioned before that I played. And it was through some good coaching and some good Bible study and some good prayer that I realized I am significant and my life matters. And that was a turning point for me when I started looking around me, kind of got out of myself and realized that's really what my girlfriends are struggling with. The women I sit next to in the pew at church we want to know that our life matters 
and we have all these roles that we want to play, and we try and do so much. And at the end of the day, our striving and our wanting to be and our dreaming really, I think, boils down to tell me that my life matters. So if there was one one cry that I could just belt out there to everyone, that would be, you are significant, your life matters. I love that. And I have an acronym that I teach at Marnie.com that's busy, B-U-S-Y, best unique strategies for you because every single person is so unique. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in the second part, but in this part, the reality is that every person is a critical component of what God's trying to accomplish in the world today. Yes. And when I think about that, Marnie, in terms of our women's ministries groups and these fantastic groups of leaders, many of them volunteers, who are reaching out to women, um, what I have learned and what I would share and encourage those listeners with is this. Many of us as women come to these women's events or these women's group meetings, and the first thing we start doing is comparing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. We start comparing. It's either we're thinking about, am I going to be spiritual enough? Am I wearing the right kinds of clothes? Am I... Are they going to think my husband's good enough for me? And are my, have, did my kids, you know, mess up in Sunday school last Sunday? So we start comparing. And when I think about women's ministries groups, women's ministries events, these can be the places that we are, where we feel the safest, where we feel the most encouraged. And it doesn't matter if everyone else comes in designer jeans and we come in our sweatpants. This needs a place where we are just continuously affirmed, you matter. You know, just come. Just as you are, you matter. What do you think is a very tangible, practical way that women's ministry leaders can make sure that to the best of their ability, their women's ministry is a place like that? Hmm. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is a very visual picture, and that is the hugging that takes place at so many of our women's events. We get there and we're hugging our friends because we're so glad to see everyone. And there are some who will always be off to the side, some ladies who just aren't sure who to hug, or maybe they aren't huggers, but yet we need to make sure that we are reaching out beyond our own circle of friends in this women's ministry group and and be, and be hugging and caring and, you know, rubbing the backs of those of those women who may be feeling a little on the outside looking in. So that's one way. And the second thing I think of is maybe a little more, uh, we have to be more careful with, but it's this. I think in our women's ministries groups, it sometimes can become very easily to highlight and celebrate all the women that are doing and giving and serving and showing up. And yes, they need to be celebrated and acknowledged, and yet that can, I think, um, cause others to feel less than or not enough because they don't have the time or they don't feel they're at the right place in life to volunteer. So they start again to feel a little bit on the outside looking in. So they're in the room, but perhaps they feel like there's a window in front of them and they're peering in, you know, with their with their nose up against the window pane thinking, I just wish I felt a part of this. Another suggestion I would make is before we attend our women's events, that we just ask the Lord to show us who needs me today, God? 
who needs me to show up and be their best buddy? Who's aching that I don't even know about? And then we show up and just let God show us to those to those ladies. Mm, I love that. I love that. I I I feel the picture of the glass wall <laughs> between yeah. you know someone present but not quite feeling part and yeah. just how um even the positioning uh at some of our events the positioning of uh an ambassador at each table where you specifically plant someone at each table that is right. going to extend uh friendship mm-hmm. to everybody at the table even regardless of if she knows anybody there when she starts, but she's there at that table as the ambassador of that to make sure that that's happening. It can really get lost in the shuffle. Yes, it can. And, for and you know, not because anyone is ill-intended. It, it, it's not right. because someone's doing something wrong. Sometimes yeah. we just get, get caught up in the event rather than there are women here whose hearts need something. I even when you were talking about the prayer before you go, the who needs me today prayer, so many times uh, we are attending this and we feel like we need it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we, need to, we, need the, we need the person to reach out to us and so we don't really feel like we're the person to be reaching out. But what I've learned in my own life, and maybe, Gay, you can speak to this in a moment too, is that oftentimes in my very weakness, that's where God is the most powerful so as i extend his love to someone even when i'm feeling the most needy myself at those moments he extends his love back to me through them or through another person oh i agree marnie so true and i think it's finding that right balance between am i am i feeling needy so i'm getting too caught up in myself or am i really needy and i really it's not because i'm caught up in myself but i just need someone to reach out to me today I I agree. Yeah. Hmm. Number one is you are significant and your life matters, and it just it's so close akin to number two, which is you have a purpose in life that no one else can fulfill. I just right before speaking with you here, Gay, I was on another radio show being interviewed myself, and I was mm-hmm. talking about how we are each of us three billion base pair of DNA strung together by God in a particular way, and we have a specific purpose and it is so specific that if they just found a piece of my finger just the tip of my thumb or if they just had a tooth they'd be able to identify me from anybody else on the planet and that's not only with our physical being that's with our our giftedness with our personalities with everything we are so unique and it's so critical for women to understand how important it is for them to embrace who they are in christ yes because I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself, um, and I remind my friends and those in, in audiences that nobody else can be you. So if we truly believe that God created us and put us on this earth with all that DNA that you just talked about, and he's given us a purpose, a mission, a, a reason for being that no one else can fulfill, if we keep trying to be what somebody else wants us to be or of what we think we should be and we lose sight of what we believe he has asked us to be, then nobody is us. Nobody is showing up and the world misses that. And I think so often we think of purpose and mission in terms of, you know, we've, we've um, discovered a cure for cancer or we, we've traveled around the world with, 
with a particular ministry group or we've been on this TV show or we've done we've spoken in audience for audiences of thousands or you know we're a CEO of a company but that's not what our purpose is our purpose is much deeper and and that's where he calls us to show up who is it lord that you want me to be show me who that is and then guide my paths and set that road before me so every day i can live out who you want me to be i love that i love that it's the difference between performance and existence and and to just Mm. hunker into settle into and get really comfortable in the skin that God gave you wherever you are. I, I think about I think about the um the POWs, the prisoners of war, who there was a particular one, I can't think of his name right now, but who was in um captivity for many, many, many years and much of that time in solitary confinement. And he came out and wrote a book and uh, even though I can't think of his name, which is a perfect illustration of how little it matters really, but how much it matters because he changed how I viewed the world because if he could hang on to hope and just continue thinking positive thoughts, continue mm-hmm. having faith and hope in the face of complete, utter despair and loneliness and and uh, separation like that, being so far away and so lost without yeah. any sense of will there be a future for me, and yet he was able to come out and not only live a productive life, but write about it and encourage people like us. Then, then I was thinking, you know, for, for my own life, no matter what I go through, there is value here. It doesn't matter what I am doing. It matters what God is doing through me. Yes. I think the author you're talking about is Frankel, perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And And I'm right with you on that one, Marnie. When I think about there are times in our lives when when our purpose seems so far away and sometimes it's because we're going through a health crisis or perhaps um, we're young moms with little babies who just, you know, if we can get a shower once a week, that's a good thing. You know, whatever it is, we feel like we've, God's purpose is something that is just so far away from, you know, dirty diapers and chemo treatments. But yet if we remember that even if we feel sidetracked, it's just that. It's just a sidetrack. It's not an end. It's not me. It doesn't mean that our purpose and our mission cannot be fulfilled. It's just as you said, God is using something in what's going on right now to help keep us moving forward. His way is so much bigger than our way that who are we to second guess that he can't take something from our deepest pain or our deepest hurts or our biggest crisis and say, this will be part of my plan. You know, and I just look at all the people in the Bible, and I love uh, people like Joseph, who, mm-hmm. you know, clearly had a dream and a vision. And it was years and years and years, and after, you know, his brothers wanted to kill him, and he was in a pit and then sold into slavery, and then, you know, falsely accused and in the prison. Mm-hmm. And finally, finally, <laughs> he got mm-hmm. to see something. Or how about David, who got anointed, got actually had his prophet anoint him, and then uh, Dave and I were, my husband and I were just talking about this this morning, uh, then he went out and actually ran for his life, and it was like God had totally made a mistake there, just mm-hmm. abandoned him almost, and yet David just held, held his faith, Joseph held his faith, Abraham, all these guys that show us that it's not about the circumstances, it's about the God who is with you through the circumstances, even when it looks so... Despairing. When we talk to women in our women's ministry about their purpose, okay, what is 
what is the like the main uh, attraction there? What is what is it that we can use to help women really understand and bring this home? Mm-hmm. There are so many um, different ways that we can help women discover their purpose, you know, different workshops we can do. I think just in our day-to-day interactions with them at our ministry events, if we just continue listening to them and asking them about what matters to them, and then as as we are listening, we're seeking to understand what is something that just keeps coming up. So I'm thinking about, um, for instance, at a women's at a at a women's ministry event. Perhaps again, I'm thinking today so much about these women who are on the outside looking in, who attend these events. Sometimes, if you ask them to help you, like maybe it's can you put these flyers down on the table? That will help them feel included. That will also give them maybe more courage to to have conversations or to engage, and it might also help you get to know them better to see where where might her purpose be, where might she find great fulfillment as she comes here. And then I'm also thinking on the flip side, for those who may be, who may be the ones who are on the outside looking in, trying to think through, how do I break through that? How can I become one of the group? Perhaps what you need to do is ask. Where can I volunteer? What can I do? Make it something simple so you don't have to type up the program or say a prayer from the front, but simply, can I pour coffee in the back? Find a way to enter in. And I think as we do that, we will then help women discover what is it that they really want to do, what are they all about, and it will help us get closer to them defining why they're on this earth. I love that. And I think for the WM leaders that are in charge of groups, too, one thing is to model good behavior in this way where you take your leadership through group through personality testing and mm-hmm. especially through spiritual gift testing so that you can really know the the gifts and the areas, the strengths of your leadership group. And mm-hmm. that will have a ripple-down effect, too, on your gals that are coming where they will see that you are actually purposefully and intentionally looking to work with people in their areas where God has gifted them instead of just slapping them into, you know, whatever position's open. Yeah, that that has a ripple-down yeah. effect, Gay, I feel like, where the gals who come recognize, oh, see, they're looking at us each as individuals, not just as right. here's the list of work that needs to get done, but right. they really want to know how God made me and how yes. I can participate. Yes. And and I would add to that that there is a there is a responsibility for all of us who attend an event to take some ownership in trying to be a part of a women's ministry group, to feel a part of it. And if I can share one story where I learned this firsthand, Marnie, and that Mm -hmm. was, um, oh, this was about nine years ago, just after my dad died, I went to an event. It was a National Speakers Association event. It was a holiday party. I hadn't gone to any parties or done anything social for several months because all I would do is cry. And right. I think there are a lot of women listening who maybe it wasn't because their father died, but because they are in Same terrible thing. pain or they're broken relationships or they are in a place of, I just can't go out because I just can't cry or I can't keep it together. But I, I knew that I needed to get out there and do something. So I went to the event and right away it was just a little too much 
overload and and I knew that I needed to either leave because I was just going to bawl through the evening or find something to do. So I went and asked the caterers if I could just take one of the trays and go around and serve people or mm-hmm. serve. And it gave me something to do, but I had to take responsibility for doing that. Now, clearly, hospitality or cooking, serving food is probably is not one of my gifts. I'm not someone who's comfortable in a kitchen, but I just found something I could do to get out of myself and start to serve others, which is kind of what you'd mentioned before. So I think if if if, if anyone is listening who is just feeling like I'm just so tired, I I'm, I just hurt. But I want I want to get involved. I want to be part of something. Just ask, what can I do? Or say, can I hand out flyers? Can I pour the coffee? Do something because, boy, getting out of ourselves and just changing the rhythm of our heart sometimes can make all the difference. Oh, I love that. I love that phrase, changing the rhythm of our heart. I love that. This is Marnie mm-hmm. Swedberg. We're visiting today with Gay Linfords of GayLinfords.com. It's G A Y E. L-I-N-D-F-O-R-S, GayLinfords.com. We're going to come right back and talk about daily choices and how that determines the richness of our life. We'll be right back. Are you an author or do you know someone who would like to see their book published as soon as possible? Join us at Marnie.com for author training. You will learn how to write it well, get great graphics, attract an agent, format it for e-readers, get good reviews, connect with libraries, and market via media. All over at the author training at Marnie.com. Check it out today. Thank you for being here with us this afternoon. We are going through the five things women's ministry leaders must teach women today, and our guest today is Gay Linford. We're excited to have her here. She's got such a broad background of helping women be the best they can be. She's a speaker, a National Speaker Association president, as well as an author, and she's here to share her insights with us today to help us bring out the best in our women and our women's ministries. So, so excited to have you, Gay. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Marnie. We're going to talk next about how our daily choices determine the richness of our lives. And just before a break, we were talking about, um, you were giving the example of a party that you had been to and how you had to do something different or you were going to cry <laughs> all the way to the party. Right. Yeah. You just had to change your behavior. And even before your feelings came along, your behavior had to change. So talk to us a little bit about the daily choices and why why is it that sometimes we have to act before we feel? Yes, and I I love what you just said that sometimes if we that our behaviors need to change before our our feelings. And that's so that's because our minds influence our hearts. It's how we think that really is what we then live. And so we need to just change the behaviors. If I waited until I feel like losing weight, I will never lose weight. If I wait until I feel like I want to go and get on the treadmill or get up some mornings and have devotions, it's not going to happen. It's a matter of choices. And those daily little choices are what create our lives. And I think it is easy for us to begin to think of our lives in terms of the big events, the big moments, the ahas, and I'm going to build my career, I'm going to grow my ministry, I'm going to raise an amazing family. And all the while, we are losing, losing our way because we aren't paying attention to the 
details of our lives. That's, that's how I think about daily choices determine the richness of our lives. It's in those details and in those smaller choices that we create those bigger pictures, the bigger habit patterns. I love that. And this is one of those times when I just want to encourage you women's ministry leaders, you retreat planners, to do, absolutely do, always continually offer your women practical training mm-hmm. as well as what we would call spiritual training because it's all spiritual training. <laughs> it's yes. all, I mean, yes. the same God who made our spirits made our teeth and made our yes. bones and made our our muscles and our, you know, he's the same God and he wants us to be um, developed in all of these different areas, not just in our, our spirit. We He wants us to, to be developed as moms, as wives, with money, um, in all of these ways. And, and all of these practical training that we can provide really do make a difference. Okay, I, I know for me, I, I had the great privilege and uh, maybe I will say luxury of having parents who trained me very well. Mm-hmm. In in most categories of life, they really equipped me well. But we see in our women's ministries that this is not the case, that many of our women have not had role models who were good parents. They didn't have role models who stayed married. They didn't have role models who handled money well. They didn't have role models who ate well. I mean, there's just all Thanks. kinds of holes that our women come to us with. And these daily choices and practices are hard for them. They, it's, yes. it's just a whole radical new way of thinking. It is. And, and part of it is, is we get, we, our lives have become so much easier that it is easier to ignore the details because things can get done faster and, and quicker. I grew up in a small town in northwestern Minnesota, and we worked hard. The farming, you know, if the grain was ready to harvest, you couldn't you couldn't wait until you felt like it. it it needed to be harvested you know or my friends who lived on dairy farms the cows had to be milked it wasn't going to happen and um if there was flooding at our farmland we had to pick the rocks and i think so we learned some of those things in the early in our early days but not everyone has those same experiences as you said so how do we then um integrate that practical teaching into our women's ministry group. I think one group, um, generally speaking, that seems to do this quite well or more frequently than others are some of our moms groups mm-hmm. because they are so conscious of someone needs to understand how to, how, to, um, how to take care or how to take care of yourself and take care of your baby and all of those kinds of things. Those, those groups seem to um, be more on the edge of, of, of more naturally integrating that, I think, into their into their women's ministry events. Right, and and I think that one of the things that has happened in the past, and you know, for those of you listening that used to plan retreats, and now you're just taking your gals over to you know Women of Faith and Bethmore and like that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing; it's a wonderful thing. But at the retreats, and what I encourage groups to do is go ahead once a year and take your take your gals to a major event that's planned for you. That's a wonderful way to have both the women's ministry leaders and the gals in the group um, be able to really fully relax and enjoy the um, 
the event. But then to do a retreat, to host a retreat yourself and at that retreat to have breakout sessions. And what you find at these breakout sessions or even even if you have weekly Bible studies to offer breakouts where you have different people come in and for 15 minutes just address a particular uh, practicality of life where they would train on that topic. What you find is that you'll, it'll bubble to the surface what the needs are. What is yeah. what are the key needs in your group, and then you'll be able to you know uh, offer something more intense if there if if a need comes to the surface. It's hard to it's hard to identify these things if they're never addressed if if you just never talk about them. And so at some point there has to be a way for um, the practical needs of people to bubble to the surface. I agree, and I think in addition to that, in the retreats, if there can be planning for downtime and for rest time, even if it was um, written in it with solitude time, because I think so often we don't we don't take time to apply what we've learned. We aren't taking the time to think through what our heart needs, what our body needs, simply because we're too busy. So in our retreats, if we can include times of maybe, quote, forced solitude, and maybe someone will just sleep through it, but maybe that's what they need. But I think if we give them times to have that practical training and then a time to really think about what did I just hear, what am I going to apply, and then who, what little girlfriend that's here with me can, I, can help me, can help hold me accountable once we drive out of this beautiful retreat place. Let's talk about that practice by itself, the, the daily choice to have solitude in our lives, to find a way to be still with God at some point in our day. Okay, when your babies, you know, when your kids were little, when you had, you know, chaos, um, I remember so well those those years. How did you do it? How did you find a way to build solitude in? Or did you? Have, Maybe you did Right. I have found that the... Um, the most challenging times for me to find solitude were around work, about about other pressures that were that were pressing in on my life, especially work. Even when I was working in corporate America for many years before I started my own business, I would be up really, really early because of the need to just keep up and to keep doing, and I didn't always do it well. And when I didn't do it well, I knew it because I would get crabby and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd get tired out Mm -hmm. and all of those kinds of things we've all experienced. It goes back to, I think, Marnie, what you and I just said. It's a matter of choice, and it's it's our thinking, our decision before we feel like it. It's it's a matter of um, just making that decision and making that commitment. I was reading a book over the weekend that put it in terms of, is it a preference or a priority? My preference was to work an extra 45 minutes to just really make sure I'm ready for the day, get another 45 minutes on the report. My priority was I've got to spend time with the Lord to find out how he wants me to show up today. It is it really comes down to a matter of choice. Something I have done more recently, not in my younger years, is tried to find someone that will hold me accountable for my daily walk who who am i making sure i'm checking in with about um making sure i'm taking care of the spiritual side of me so i think it comes it comes back down to really making a decision 
and a choice. And also, it doesn't have to be two hours. It, it, it might be right. 15 minutes. You know, when I was in Bible school, I, w- I, w- felt, I felt so guilty my first few months in Bible school because I had a roommate that truly, authentically would be in her closet in the morning praying and crying for the for the lost and i and and i and i wasn't <laughs> i just i just i would get in the closet and i'd think about all the things i need to be cleaning in the closet <laughs> i just had a very different approach so i would feel so guilty but it is a matter of taking taking the time it's a priority or it's a preference and we have to choose the priority hmm I can remember uh, with my son, it wasn't so hard, but when my daughter came, she would just get up earlier and earlier. So no matter how early I would get up, she would hear, she would just hear me, and she'd wake up earlier. And so it was it was very futile, and I, I, be, I became very um, hopeless about having private time with God. And then I had this idea at one point, and I don't remember exactly when it was, but that I would just give God the top ten of my day. So uh, whether that was in the morning, if there was Mm -hmm. 10 minutes quiet, or if that was after I put the kids down for a rest in the day, or however that was, if there was 10 minutes where I could see I'm probably going to have 10 quiet minutes right now, that even if I knew I was going to have two hours of quiet minutes right then, I would give God the top 10. Mm -hmm. And what would happen was this beautiful thing where some days it was 10 and that was it, and then I'd fall asleep or something, you know, and other days... It would just it would just extend into this wonderful uh, mini retreat with God, where I'd have forty five minutes or an hour or two hours. And what was beautiful to me was that I didn't have any guilt anymore about it. I could just relax and enjoy God when I could in that sit down type of a way, versus feeling guilty about it. But that I knew that I was giving Him um, priority when I had time for myself that he got the top 10 minutes and that really helped me and you know each of you listening some of you are going yeah my thing is you know and you wish you could tell us right now we wish you could we could hear you too but uh, some of you don't have one yet and i just encourage you just to keep on exploring just just keep on trying different ideas on for size as you hear different people like gay or myself share ours um just try try it on and see if it fits your life what I do now is before I even open my eyes, and I don't use an alarm clock anymore. God just wakes me up. I've been doing that for, oh, man, 1997, so a long time uh, now since I've had an alarm clock or watch, and God just wakes me up. And even before I open my eyes, I'm communicating with God. And as I get up, I'm saying the Lord's Prayer in a very personalized way, not just a rote way, but very very personalized. And then I move on and I put on the spiritual armor as I'm getting ready for the day. And I'm Mm. just hanging out with Jesus in the morning. And I love that. It's just so, such an amazing, wonderful way to start the day. But each of us will have our own ways. And, And it really is these daily choices that determine the richness of life. And I, I love that you included this in one of the five things that we have to teach women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. One other this is, th- oh, go ahead. Just one other thought as we think about these daily choices. I, I would also encourage women to not get in the mind frame of one day I will or I will do this then. But if we go back to again to our daily choices, if we can start doing what we want to do later today, if we can start to become who we want to become today, these daily choices will influence the richness of our lives. Mm, love it. Yep, so true. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. 
We're visiting with Gay Linford, the author of God, Girlfriends, and Chocolate. We'll be right back and talk about it is possible to enjoy your job. We'll be right back. Do you need some help planning a party? Maybe you want to do a scavenger hunt but don't quite know how to put it together. Possibly you're trying to plan a women's retreat or even start a women's ministry at your church. You might be looking for ways to streamline your current women's ministry, all the paperwork and organizational side of things. I've written several training manuals on these topics and others, and each is available individually, or you can access them all as a member of the Leadership Club. To learn more about that, visit Marnie.com today. Are you personally or do you know of a Christian woman speaker who would love to share a personal testimony or program at local women's events? Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, now receiving over 25,000 website hits a day by event planners everywhere. If you're a speaker, you need to be at Womenspeakers.com. There are free and paid listings available, but just be sure to get your contact information over there today. That's Womenspeakers.com. Well, hi, welcome back, and this is Marnie Swedberg. Our guest today is Gay Linfords. We're talking about the five things women's ministries must teach women, and in this segment we're going to cover work and how it is possible for us to actually enjoy the work that God has assigned to us. And Gay, as I say that right now, I know that there are some listeners who are saying, I'm pretty sure God didn't assign me this work. What what would you say to that listener? <laughs> I say, well, you might be right. <laughs> I think I think there are times in our lives when we are either in jobs in quote corporate America or in in the nonprofit world or jobs at home doing work that we don't enjoy or we don't find fulfilled and we're wondering, really? This is what I'm supposed to find joy in? And um yes, there may be those there may be those times when I think about the possibility of enjoying our job. I think of it in terms of um, two things. First of all, is my job, the work that I'm doing inside the home, outside the home, does it align with my purpose, with why I'm here? Does it make me really show up and be my best? And secondly, am I in the work that gives me great fulfillment. So I think there are two ways to look at it is possible to to enjoy your job. Hmm. I uh, I'm thinking of the the life the life mission and, and vision statement training that I do with people and help help to surface what what it is that truly is their passion, what God has mm-hmm. put inside of them that they want to do. When you work with people on this topic, Gay, what is a what is a starting point for someone who says, Well, I just really don't even know? Yes. I I love doing this kind of work. And where I start when they aren't sure what they want to do about their job, I, I start with then let's figure out your purpose. Let's figure out why you're here. One of my favorite authors and dear mentors and friends is Lori Beth Jones and she's the mm-hmm. one who taught me yeah. this. Yeah, it's she's a fantastic on, get clear on your purpose and then the rest will start to fall in place so i first start with what's your purpose and we talk about what's the most natural way that you show up we look at um your different communication styles how you like to work on a team whether or not you like to work on a team there are some very practical easy ways to figure out kind of who you are and from there then we say okay well this is why 
you don't like to be a secretary because you don't like paying attention to details. You'd rather be creating or redesigning the office. So let's think through then what might a different, uh, more fulfilling job look like for you. Mm. I love it. And you guys, if you haven't already been through Lori Beth Jones' book, it's called The Path, and it is just such an easy uh, it, it's not like it's just going it, to be no work at all, but it's just such a natural flow. It helps you to go from very maybe unclear, uncertain about your purpose, to very clear about it in, what, 150 pages. I mean, it's That's just right. amazing what she's done in that book. So I encourage you to do that. One of the things I'm thinking of, Gay, is that um, God did a lot of teaching me how to be content, you know, we talked earlier about like, your life matters and even about Frankel being, you know, a prisoner of war. And um, for me, when my babies were tiny, my kids were tiny, and I was changing diapers, and I'd be like, but how can I do this for the glory of God? I really would ask that question. And God showed me um, that that it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. Of course it matters, but no matter what I am doing, I can do everything for the glory of God as long as I'm doing it with joy for him. It's for his glory. And so whether I was changing dirty diapers or whether I was cleaning dog poo out of the backyard or whatever I was doing, I realized that, like you said earlier, it doesn't matter if you're on a stage in front of thousands of people. or That is not the main thing. The main thing is where your heart is in whatever you're doing. And is it, are you doing it with and for Jesus? And I always say, you know, with him, for him, to him, and through him. You know, I mean, that this is where we find fulfillment. This is where we find our joy in our job, whatever the job is. Oh, I'm 100% right with you on that. Exactly. When we read the scriptures, we there's nothing in the scriptures that tells us about the um, that this is the right kind of work or that we should, that we should always be... Um, that our, we need to find joy and fulfillment in our work. God always brings us back to our hearts, and it's from within, from our hearts then, that we experience that joy. So, yes, even in the most miserable jobs, I, I don't believe that there is never anything that we can't find that's not good. There has to be something good in every job that we have. There's a reason for us being there, and God will show us when it's time to leave. I remember in corporate America there was a time when I worked in a company for a particular department and I got home from work one night and I looked on my bookshelf and the book titles were How to Fire Your Boss, How to Deal with Difficult Customers, How to Deal with Difficult People. And I thought, well, there is a theme here and what is this telling me? And I realized, and I was miserable, and I would just, I look back in my Bible readings during that time, and all my highlights and all my dates were by passages that were talking about, save me from the pit, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, awful, just, oh, woe is me. And yet, God did not release me from that job until about eight or nine months after that. I was there for a reason. And he also showed me that that work could not define my happiness, that my life was bigger than that. I had to get beyond the job to find that joy that Jesus calls us to live every day. And then the third thing that he showed me in that was I can make choices. If my job is intolerable, I have choices I can make. And that's where I ask him again, Lord, 
show me who you want me to be, show me the path in front of me, and then just move me on that. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I I love that you mentioned that he kept you there for a while because a lot of the, um, I don't want to call it New Age teaching, but a lot of the coaching that's going on um, right now is that if you're in a marriage that's tough, if you're in a job that's tough, just leave, just move on. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be surrounding yourself with situations like that. But what we find scripturally is that quite a bit we see that God leaves people in an uncomfortable situation for a while in order to develop their character mm-hmm. and also in order to have them in the right place at the right time for his next thing for them, which I mm-hmm. always think of Joseph for that one. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think that Joseph's character might have been developed before he got to the throne room, uh, but he needed to be in the right place at the right time, which just so happened to be a dungeon underneath the palace. Right. And uh, sometimes you might feel like that in your life, too, that I just don't understand why I'm here. I feel like I feel like maybe you've developed my character, but it might be a timing issue in that mm-hmm. situation. So not to just always cut and run every time it gets uncomfortable, but to be asking God, is this where you want me to be? And if it is, Gay, then then I really I really believe that we can find joy in any yes. job if it's where God wants us to be. Yes, and we need to remember God is bigger than us. God is smarter than us. We don't see the big picture. Right. Even in my last eight or nine months at this company, I don't know how He was using my bad days, my good days, to influence others. We just we just don't see the big picture, and it kind of brings us back to even that. Number three, those daily choices. If we are just finding the few minutes each day to ask God, who do you want me to be, what do you want me to do, and then thank him for all he's given us, we will get clarity on these issues like, what about my job that is just really almost intolerable? Yeah, yeah, I love it. And, and you know, the wonderful thing is that so much of the time God does allow us to have jobs that are truly enjoyable to us that it isn't always life in the dungeon that there are that there are seasons where we get to really be doing something that's quite yes. fulfilling for us which is which is truly a gift isn't it to have here on earth yes yeah. yeah. Well, this is Marty Swedberg. We're visiting today with Gay Linfords. Her website is gaylinfords.com, G A Y E L I N D F O R S.com and she's an author, speaker, and I'm sure you want to check out her website. We're going to come right back after break and talk about our last section priorities and how they make life different. How are you doing on your diet? Are you ready for some help from God? Did you know that the word diet is actually the word die with a cross at the end of it? Jesus Christ is the only one who was ever supposed to die on a cross for our freedom. If you are a discouraged dieter, join us over at www.eatingwithgod.com. That's eatingwithgod.com. A ridiculously obvious, super easy to succeed at, eternally rewarding approach to every single food encounter. Well, welcome back. This is our final segment with Gay Linfords. We have such a good time here, Gay. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you could be here. Thank you. I'm loving it. Thank you. Oh, good, good. Well, our last segment is talking about priorities, and it is so important for women's ministry groups to teach women about how to prioritize and about why it's important. First of all, Gay, maybe can you share with us a time in your life where you recognized that there was a priority conflict and maybe how how you dealt with that or how you came out of it on the other side? Sure. The... Um, the biggest example in my life of that was when my dad had a, a, a brain hemorrhage and was in the um, 
hospital ICU for about 18 days before he died. And Mm -hmm. after he died, um, I had just had my own business for about a year. I had new clients, new commitments, Mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, boy, now what do I do? And I had um, my mom, who I knew we needed to give some extra special attention to. She still lived up in northwestern Minnesota. My sisters and I lived down in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul in Minnesota. So we thought, how do we do this? And I realized, okay, as much as I'd hate to lose my business, lose my clients, but right now this is a season of life that I need to just move through with my mom. So I stayed with her and did all those things. And what was so wonderful is I didn't lose any clients. I was able to still do some of the client business, and my clients were very understanding, and it was the right thing to do. It was, it was, I had two very big priorities that had life, life impact on me, and, and I had to choose the one that I think God had said, for this season, you need to be with your mom living in this little town and then help her transition after that. And that was, that was a priority challenge for me. Hmm, that's great. I remember one time coming back from a trip. I'd been gone away from the kids, and I was back in town. We were homeschooling at the time, and so I was with them during the day, but I'd been away, and I wanted to just spend time with them. And so I had thought, well, we could go to the pool that night and go swimming. And then realized, oh, there was a meeting, a late women's ministry meeting at church, and I was the president of the women's ministry group, and, oh, this wasn't going to work because this was over the top of each other. And both of them were really priorities for me. I really couldn't understand how to how to decide right. Uh, right. because they were both just huge priorities for me. But both of them were commitments, and um, I, I wanted to do both, and I didn't know how to decide. So I kept just praying. As the day went by, I just kept praying, God, to just help me to understand what to do tonight. I don't know what to do tonight. And uh, finally in the afternoon, I became, uh, I, I realized now I have to make a decision. You know, now I can't mm-hmm. keep on just asking. Now I have mm-hmm. to know which way I'm going to go tonight. So I just grabbed my Bible and I just uh, let it fall open. And by the way, I don't recommend that you do this unless you really are ready to receive whatever God tells you. I, if you're <laughs> if you're messing with God, I just want to tell you that's not going to work. <laughs> but if you're really truly looking for God's answer, so many times he has either brought a passage to my mind where I look it up and just kind of chuckle at what it says because it's a direct hit, or in this case I just let it fall open and put my finger down. And it was a verse in the Psalms which I hadn't ever seen before. But the verse actually literally said, be like one who lays in the sea, S-E-A. And I thought, well, that's hilarious because that was my two choices, whether to be wet or whether to be dry. So I thought, well, that's very clear. And so I just called and I said to, you know, my sister, the next person in line, I just said, I'm not going to be able to be there tonight. I need to spend time with my kids. I've just been gone and I, I just need to spend some fun fun family time and she just took it of course guess what the the meeting went just fine without me nobody died um i think so many times like in your story too we kind of overvalue um who we are and 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 the need for us to be present somewhere yes and god has a very clear picture of where we need to be every single time doesn't he he does and and i would add to that that sometimes it's those Sometimes those um, bigger decisions, like the example that I gave, are, are mm-hmm. um, sometimes seem noble or they seem like the right thing. I think it's more difficult for me to make those priority decisions in the little things. 
you know, going back to devotions, for instance, sometime during the day, or exercising, doing things that I know will help me live out my very best in who God has called me to be in a healthier way. It's a struggle in priorities of, you know, do I take the time to get on the treadmill or go out for a walk, or do I work another 45 minutes on a client project? Those are the priorities, those daily choices, again, that really mess with my head more than some of the more than some of the bigger ones. Yeah. Yeah, and and I even think some of the bigger ones can be confusing. It was interesting um not too long ago um uh one of our one of our partners uh, business partners came to us and had a financial need, a very large financial need uh that had just come up. And we looked at our finances and we really couldn't. There was just no way at that time that we could. We were kind of wondering how we were going to pay our own bills right then and and almost had to um, take out a loan just to cover our own bills at that period of time. So it was very clear uh, that we were not to help with the financial bill financially. We were just supposed to pray with them. And, and of course, God provides. He always does, whether it's through us or through somebody else. What was interesting is what happened after the fact is that um, I was asking God about it. Um, You know, that, that was hard for me to say no. That was mm-hmm. very difficult because in another time and place, maybe we would have been able to say yes, and so it's hard for me to say no. And what was in my heart, Gay, was so interesting because the question God asked me was, so if you would have had the money in the bank, you would have given it to them. And I said, yes, I would have been happy to give it to them. And God's response in my heart was, that's why you didn't have it because it wasn't you who was supposed to give it, and you would have oh. automatically given it without even asking me. Oh. And I realized that, oh, my goodness, this thing yes. can work on both sides, you know? Yes. What we think looks good and the right thing to do sometimes is stepping in front of what God wants to do in a person's life. Yes, yes. Yeah. Priorities, is uh, that's a real big one, and, and it's hard for our gals to get their heads around this. This is something that we need to keep coming back to, keep building it into devotionals, keep building it into conversations with gals, keep looking for examples and illustrations of how we can train priorities into the lives of our women. Gay, this hour has flown by. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here oh. and for sharing all this. Well, thank you, Marnie. Let's do it again sometime. Okay, thanks so much. And you guys, you can learn more about Gay over at her website. It's GayLinfords.com, G-A-Y-E. L-I-N-D-F-O-R-S, GayLinfords.com. And, again, her books are God, Girlfriends, and Chocolate, and also Find a Job, the little book for big success. Thank you for being here, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll see you next time on Marty's Friends. Bye-bye. Are you registered to receive the Marnie Minute? Have you sometimes missed out on training or connection opportunities because you didn't know about them in advance? Visit Marnie.com and select Free Updates to receive email notifications so you will never miss a beat. That's Free Updates over at Marnie.com.
successfully maximizing the gifts God has given us is the best gift that we can give back to God. Are you 100% clear about why you're here, about how God defines success for you personally? Are you on track with God's plan for your life, the best life on planet Earth, followed by the best possible eternity for you? If not, check out the Success Principles Intensive Training course over at Marnie.com. It's a six-hour online program that will change how you define and do your life from today forward. It's a biblically-based approach to goal-setting and achievement. So check it out under the training tab at Marnie.com. Do you ever need speakers for dinners, retreats, conferences, or other women's events? Check out www.womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,500 Christian women speakers, some near you, and some from every level of experience and fee range you can imagine. So you're sure to find lots of great speaker options for you and your next event over at www.womenspeakers.com. That's Women Speakers. The fastest and easiest way to find out which major women's events are coming to your area is to visit www.womensevents.info. That's women's events. .info. It's the only directory of its kind, and it features all of the major events like Women of Faith, Beth Moore, E-Conference Women, and so many others. It's free to search, and you can find it all at womensevents.info.